0: Welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy Rewatch Podcast. I'm Cara Babcock, pronouns she, her.
1: And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning.
0: This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too.
1: During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on how Buffy has matured since its premiere in 1997.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Now on to the episode. Okay, Season 1, Episode 9, The Puppet Show. Yes to ventriloquism. Yes to creepy puppets and dummies and scary dolls. Yes to all things in this episode. Once again, I do not remember this episode at all, so my lack of memory for this episode allowed for the twist later on to be very fresh okay. and actually surprising. I'm
0: happy to talk about that when we get there. Yeah, I do remember this episode very well. Um, in particular, what the dummy says at one point is, like, burned into my mind. Um, in a good way? <laughs> no. No, this is an awful episode, and rewatching it has just confirmed that. The best thing about this episode is quite literally its ending, and I don't just mean because it's over, but because the the last <laughs> line is so good. But we'll get there eventually.
1: I like this episode way more than the last one, than episode eight. Which
0: I had the opposite reactions.
1: So <laughs> I mean, we're different people and we're gonna have these reactions. Um I had to like invent a whole cult thing for the last episode to enjoy it more so this one i'm really into dolls and and shit do you are you like do you find dummies scary or what do you what's your thinking on them
0: i didn't think this dummy was creepy i just thought he was sleazy
1: (laughs) sleazy and weird and gross yeah so we, we open up and there's a weird man creeping around on stage. And we know this because he's got a weird man voice. And uh, we notice that there's a bunch of students rehearsing on stage. There's a magician, a tuba player, a ventriloquist. There's lots of stuff going on. So clearly Sunnydale High is having a talent show.
0: Did not enjoy these when I was in high school. Not going to enjoy watching them now.
1: <laughs> Did your high school have them?
0: I don't remember. I don't think we had, like, a a strict, like, talent show. I don't know. Like, there were, I think there were a couple of days when you could sign up to do, like, a performance. Like, there'd be, like, performances by the band program and... I, I, don't, okay. I don't remember. It, that was so long ago. I'm too old. I don't remember anything. We're I'm too
1: old, old for this stuff. Yeah, like I in high school, like I went, uh, we went, we both went to high school in Thunder Bay, but we went to different high schools on the other sides of town. My high school, we did a lot of drama arts, lots of theater. So that was like a very scripted thing. Whereas like having anybody come and have a free for all is a very strange concept to me. So strange, in fact, that like here you can see Cordelia we, have, we see Cordelia again. She wasn't in the last episode, and we missed her dearly. And she is on stage singing The Greatest Love of All uh, by Whitney Houston. And it's terrible. She's a terrible singer. But bless her for her confidence. I love her for this. And Giles is watching in the audience, in the, in the stands, and he's wishing he was dead while listening to her sing. And apparently her number has sparklers involved in it too, which we don't get to see because Giles shoos her off the stage. So Buffy, Xander and Willow approach Giles and they're teasing him because the new school principal, because remember the last one got eaten (laughs) by Xander's friends, uh, the new school principal is forcing Giles to be the producer of the school's talent show. This is because he wants Giles to have contact with more students or perhaps just contact in general with other students and not just these three that are always having urgent conversations with him that he's you know doing aerobics class with early in the morning
0: grooming for some mysterious purpose
1: (laughs) see you know he's dragging an unconscious girl into his car sometimes there's like a lot going on with this guy start hanging out with more kids giles or no kids and adults how about that um giles basically calls him out he's like why don't you help me huh instead of making fun of me and they're like no no we're just here to watch mock and laugh and uh as they leave The new principal, whose name is Snyder, overhears them making fun of their authority figure. And he accuses them of skipping their afternoon class and also that they left campus the the day before. And Buffy almost lets slip once again that she's a slayer. She's like, no, we were off fighting Dean and stops herself. And this is a pattern with Buffy where she just is terrible at keeping her secret in hiding her her secret identity Mm -hmm. so you think
0: she would at least wear uh, some glasses or something
1: (laughs) yeah it's like i mean it wouldn't help because she would just tell them straight up that she's a vampire slayer so clearly this principal right off the bat he's no principal flutie you know he's not like a bumbling administrator he
0: literally says that this is not a subtle scene
1: (laughs) no he's like principal flutie was touchy-feely and he got eaten for it
0: i love principal snyder for different reasons from why I love Miss Calendar, as I was talking about in the previous episode. But yeah. Buffy fans who are also Star Trek fans may recognize the actor who plays Principal Snyder as Armin Shimerman, who plays Quark on Deep Space Nine, albeit under several layers of makeup because he plays an alien. And he's, he's just such a great actor. He has such great range. He's so good at playing characters, especially characters who have very deep convictions. In this case, Snyder is an authoritarian. He believes in strict discipline. He believes it's his way or the highway. And he believes in order. And I'm not not saying I agree with him, but I admire how clearly and powerfully Armin Scheimerman brings a a sense of conviction to this role. He's so good at getting across the fact that he is not a bad guy, but he is going to be an antagonist if Buffy's antics threaten to disrupt orderly life at his school.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he says it himself where he's like, I'm in charge and Sunnydale will never be touched or felt again. (laughs) Uh, So good. So he automatically calls them antisocial types and he forces them to enter the talent show to which Xander begs him to just give them detention and uh Giles is looking super smug about this it's so funny and that's when a kid named Morgan goes on stage with a dummy named Sid and Buffy admits that dummies freak her out and the act starts off really terribly but then all of a sudden The dummy's voice changes and Morgan looks really freaked out by this as if like he's not in control, but he also kind of goes with it and they make a couple jokes and the audience laughs and eats it up. So,
0: so the, one of the jokes that causes people to laugh is he jokes that his underwear is edible and that wouldn't fly at a talent show at my school. Like the teacher in charge would be like, no kid, you're not making that joke on stage. So it's interesting yeah. that Giles doesn't say anything. He just lets it go.
1: <laughs> just like, perhaps this is just garbage American humor, right? Like, how am I supposed to know? Um, yeah. So, well, I mean, that's what rehearsal's for, right? So you can. I
0: think it's more a sign of, of the kinks. fact that Giles is not paying attention. He's just so not invested in this and he doesn't care.
1: No. He's like, I don't give a shit. You can literally murder somebody on stage and I won't do anything about it. Okay, so we're, we're back in the locker room and you know what that means. <laughs> she, like, shit's about to go down in the locker room. Um, a girl is changing down there, the, one of the ballerinas that was rehearsing earlier. And someone is peering at her. And we know this because the the viewpoint of the camera, it's in black and white and it's really low to the ground, staring at the, the dancer. And it basically attacks her from, a, from behind saying, I will be whole. And... Okay, you go into this locker room, you're either gonna find a dead body, you're gonna get electrocuted, you're gonna get attacked like this girl just did, or Cordelia's gonna threaten you. They do a lot of really intense scenes in this locker room. Yeah. And I just think we should close it off. Just close it off, <laughs> Snyder.
0: <laughs> the cursed locker room. I yeah. I didn't make this connection until you mentioned this in the last episode and you were like don't go into the locker room and the moment you pointed out like you're so right i mean (laughs) most of the dead bodies we found so far at sunnydale have been people in locker rooms so
1: (laughs) it's terrible like that locker room has been a crime scene more than anywhere else like more than the bronze probably (laughs) so opening credits once they end we're back in the auditorium And Xander, Buffy, and Willow have decided to do a dramatic scene for their talent. Willow believes that this is the best way because it doesn't require any talent. And I could not disagree with Willow more. And that's not usual for me. Uh, Willow, comedy scenes are the way to go for high schoolers. They can pull it off well because they're young and youthful and have a lot of spirit. A dramatic scene requires you to be good at dramatic Mm -hmm. acting. (laughs) So, you know, take my advice sid the dummy is sitting there with morgan and starts sexually harassing them (laughs) and buffy hates this not only because she hates dummies but because remember she was she was almost sexually assaulted by xander in previous episodes so she just hates this idea right off the bat and she starts threatening the dummy right back because i'm going to burn you if you keep talking because he
0: keeps saying things like look at the goodies and yeah you're right it's like so much sexual harassment yeah
1: it's fucked up it
0: doesn't stop in this episode and it's largely the reason why i hate this episode so much although there are other reasons and it's Mm -hmm. just looking back at it 24 years later is like you you couldn't do this now thankfully i mean things are not great but thanks to me too and stuff we've at least kind of reckoned with what we can say on (laughs) television but it's so blatant in this episode and it's so unapologetic like yes you know, Buffy calls him out on it now and at other points, but at no point does she ever enforce that. It's kind of like she brushes it off. And ugh. Anyway, we'll we'll get there.
1: So Snyder is talking to Giles about how kids need discipline. And he says Flutie was a liberal and that's why he got eaten. <laughs> and um he mentions uh just but a few things that have happened so far this season that you and i touch upon all the time there was a suicide oh dave rest in peace um there was a suicide missing persons spontaneous cheerleader combustion uh whatever happened to amber is she in the talent show i hope so he basically promises that Sunnydale High will be very different under his control. Basically what you said earlier. And uh, that cut is when the dead girl... S- de- cut to the locker room. The dead girl has found another dead person in the locker room. Speaking
0: of juxtaposition, great scene transition. Also, this is the first time we're seeing the cops show up to investigate a dead body. <laughs> like it's properly cordoned yeah. off and anything like finally
1: yeah giles still gets to go in though for some reason i know they're like he's still yeah, allowed you can to wander in. in but uh yeah uh, you're the librarian of course off you go but uh it's a good thing they let him in to, ex- to examine the body because he comes out and says it was emily the dancer and her heart was removed from her body which is awful and xander says i hate this school <laughs> i'm like yeah i agree with you." So. Giles is like, there are various demons that could do this, but they found a butcher knife, which the the police are blatantly holding up so that everybody, every passerby can see this butcher knife. We found
0: the weapon. (laughs) It's not like last time when we didn't find the weapon.
1: Yeah, it's like we could solve this one because every other like supernatural death, we just like write off because we can't do anything about it. So this means that she was likely killed by a human. But Buffy is still skeptical about this. She's like, you know, there's a lot of mystical activity in this area, as we know, because we're on a fucking hell mouth. So I don't believe it was a human. There's something and more to it good than that. for
0: her. Good instincts, Buffy.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Let's just point out here again that, like, this is episode nine. Buffy has had great instincts this entire season. Something I wasn't expecting. Not that I was, like, you know, premeditating Buffy's going to have no instincts. But, like, I've noticed really blatantly how how her instincts kick in when they need to in every episode. So her Slayer senses are tingling on this one, too. Uh, Giles suggests that they focus on talent show people as possible suspects. They split up and they interview a few people separately. Giles interviews the magician guy. Buffy talks to the girl who plays the tuba. Willow talks to some long-haired ginger guy. And Xander interviews Cordelia. And so all of these interviews point out that Emily the Dancer was happy. She was excited about the show. And the last guy that she was talking to was Morgan and his dummy. And he was acting very strange. And it seemed like him and the dummy were arguing. So they all kind of give this information except for Cordelia who was saying... You know, this is a tragedy for her because Emma was her best friend. And of course, Xander's like, Emily, like her name was Emily. And Cordelia's like, it could have been me. <laughs>
0: it's just so good. Like, we haven't had enough Cordelia. She's in the opening credits, but we haven't really seen much of her for the past couple of episodes. And we don't see a lot of her in this episode. But when we do see her in this episode, oh, Cordelia. Cordelia.
1: Sweet, sweet Cordelia. And that's the thing, too, is once again, Xander is like so rude to her. He's like, because she says, like, oh, it could have been me. And Xander says, we can dream. Like, oh, why does he hate her so much? So on the stage, the dummy appears to be talking to Morgan, but we can't really tell because his back is turned to the camera. And when Buffy comes in, he says that he was just working on throwing his voice. Then it looks like he gets a headache. And then the dummy starts answering for him and sounds really short-tempered and tells Buffy basically to leave them alone. And Buffy apologized to Mor- apologizes to Morgan. And Morgan kind of says, like, it's not me, it's him, as he stuffs Sid the d- dummy into his case. But then he leaves quickly after that. So... In the library, the the three are back in there and Xander is threatening to kill Cordelia because he hated spending that time with her, I suppose. And they all think, think it's Morgan. Like, they all agree it's Morgan. But Buffy isn't quite convinced yet. Giles makes a note that the principal, the new principal, is going to be watching them very closely because he promised that he would. And the Slayer can't afford to have attention like that on her because she needs to be able to slip in and out of school whenever she can, right? So he's like, we're going to carry on with the talent show. And Buffy should look in Morgan's locker just to see if he left Emily's heart in there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Also, why have they not canceled the talent show? <laughs> because there's been another student death No, on Principal
0: Snyder wouldn't let that happen. He's not going to let anything <laughs> cancel anything. It's about all keeping everything in order, right? So the show is going to go on. True. Doesn't matter how many students die, because keep in mind, at the end of this episode, we lose two more of the students from the talent show.
1: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Um, It's a triple homicide at the school this week. No big deal. As Buffy looks at, at Morgan's locker, we see that someone is watching her from a nearby classroom. And just as Buffy is rifling through the locker, Snyder approaches her because he's everywhere in this school. And he says, like, you know, he's super suspicious of her, probably because he read her permanent record and uh she says she's basically just getting something from morgan's locker for him
0: <laughs> sorry i just had a, a vision in my head of snyder <laughs> taking out this taped together permanent records because remember in the first episode <laughs> flutie ripped it up from flutie and then he meticulously <laughs> taped it back together so i'm picturing snyder taking it out and like having to like carefully unfold it and then read yeah, it
1: what a what a missed opportunity <laughs> um yeah so so buffy's looking in this locker and um the but the dummy's not there he's not in his case so she goes to leave turns out morgan and sid the dummy were watching her from the other room surprise surprise so creepy so creepy very creepy we're on the stage and morgan appears to be talking to himself through the dummy Although I think we can probably assume at this point that the the, the dummy is pro- alive. Like he's, there's something going on with the dummy, right?
0: There's something going on.
1: Something's happening with the dummy. The dummy is saying that Buffy needs to be killed because she's a threat. And one more murder and he'll be free. And Morgan says he won't do it. So Sid's like, I will. So later that night buffy's in her room getting ready for bed and her mom comes in and we still don't know her mom's name, so buffy's mom remains buffy's mom and she says you know i heard about the talent show and i want to come see you and she's showing a lot of support for her and buffy's like you know don't come it's embarrassing i don't want you to come see and buffy's mom takes this opportunity to kind of ask buffy if something's bothering her (laughs) and Buffy says no there's just a lot going on right now and it looks like Buffy's mom wants to engage with her on this but she also just lets it go she's like okay we'll get some sleep and as Buffy goes into bed we see the dummy is outside her window staring at her
0: so creepy
1: (laughs) yeah really creepy
0: so one thing about that scene other than the fact that Sid the dummy is so creepy Buffy's mom is doing a pretty good job here of trying to get involved in Buffy's life. Um, Maybe not so good a job of trying to pry into Buffy's life. You know, I'd be a little bit more subtle about trying to figure out if something's going on. So I'm going to give Buffy's mom a 5 out of 10 for trying to be involved (laughs) in your kid's life. But I think you still need to work a bit more.
1: This was a C effort for sure. Uh, Like I said, she wants to engage, but maybe she doesn't know how to go about it. Maybe her cassette tapes aren't helping her out lately um so Buffy's going to bed and as she's sleeping she hears little footsteps in her room so she goes to look under the bed and nothing is there obviously because when she comes back up boom there's a dummy sitting on her bed she screams and gets out and her mom comes and they investigate together but they don't see anything and uh Buffy apologizes for waking her mom up and her mom's like oh you shouldn't sleep with the window open but we know that she didn't leave the window open. Ooh, spooky stuff. So back in the auditorium the next day, the magician is practicing his act. And it is absolutely terrible. And Cordelia is complaining to Giles that about the order of the act that she's in. Uh, and she also describes her song uh, that her song is about dignity and human feelings and personal hygiene or something. <laughs>
0: so oblivious
1: <laughs> cordelia never change well i mean i know she changes but like this is so funny she's so good this is when giles does something that he claims xander taught him and he expresses concern for cordy's hair in which case she panics and runs away and that ends the conversation
0: it's well it's not even so, a concern he's just like your hair and that's it and that plants a yeah, seed for cordy to enough. think that her hair is even slightly askew which this is funny on the surface right it's it's a pretty funny exchange making fun of Cordelia kind of harmless yet at the same time I I hate that Xander's the one who gave Giles his tip and it it's reminding me of the end of the pack when Xander and Hmm. Giles are almost like male bonding over getting one over on the women and it's there's a similar vibe here where it's like Xander and Giles as the two main male characters in the show are once again kind of exploiting the, the stereotype that women are overly concerned about their appearance. And I don't like that. As much as I think the joke mm. itself is pretty funny, it's just, again, mm-hmm. it's part of this little trend that I'm starting to see in the way that some of these characters are interacting.
1: Yeah, thank you for unpacking that. Because I was going to say, I think this is funny. I think this works as a joke, but something about it seems sexist. So you really, you really explained that well, because I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, why does this not sit well yet? I think you can go either way. You could lean on the side of what's funny or you could be offended. But so thank you for outlining that. Yeah, I think it's Uh, funny.
0: I'm not offended by the joke. I think it's just, it's establishing further a pattern that we saw start earlier on in the series where Giles and Xander as the two male characters often together collude in quite stereotypical ways.
1: Is Xander, Giles, only male friend? <laughs> and how sad yes, is that? because
0: Jesse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because Jesse got killed in episode two <laughs> and no one seems to ever bring it up or care about that. But no one cares about Dave or Amber's hands or all these other poor students that just get off. So Buffy comes in, and Xander and Willow are in the audience, and she's sharing with them that Sid the dummy was in her room last night, and Xander thinks it was just a cat. Giles suggests that it's a nightmare. Willow seems skeptical. Like, none of them believe her.
0: Hashtag believe women. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I was like, you guys, this is episode nine. Like, when are you going to start believing the Slayer when she says something is up on the Hellmouth?
0: Well, and it was Giles in the first episode who was like, you have to hone your Slayer senses. But no, apparently.
1: Yeah, like if if a praying mantis can rape boys and a cult leader can live inside the Internet, why can't a dummy be in Buffy's room at night? You know, there's the world is the Hellmouth's oyster. So... Morgan is with his dummy in the audience, and he's looking super upset. And Giles has done his watcher due diligence and researched a group of demons who pretend they are students. And every seven years, they need to eat human organs in order to maintain their humanity. Otherwise, they revert back to their original demon form. So, How convenient. Once
0: again, Giles, Buffy, Willow, like whoever... They figure out who's behind this pretty quickly. There's no, like, hesitation. They're just like, yeah, it's the seven-year demon. Duh. Which, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm making fun of it, but I appreciate that the writers are not dragging this out.
1: But they have other things to drag out later, of course. Mm -hmm. So Giles also points out that Morgan appears to be getting weaker every day when the demons tend to get stronger once they harvest, start harvesting their organs. So cut to history class Buffy is watching Morgan and his dummy which is sitting out on his desk like if you're a teacher would you allow this like if you're a no, student absolutely brought the dummy and to his class
0: I, w- I would do what the teacher in this scene ends up doing which is confiscate the dummy
1: it's so it's so bizarre. It's like, what is going on that the teacher would just allow this dummy to sit on the desk? And then of course the dummy turns his head to look directly at Buffy and leer at her. And uh yeah, the teacher confiscates the dummy because Morgan's talking to it and that's weird, and puts it away. After class, when Morgan comes to get the dummy, it's missing and we don't know who took it. And I also want to express here how here's another teacher that is actually showing some concern for her students and she's saying to Morgan like you seem really detached lately are you okay so she should also be very careful this teacher because you know if you show a little tenderness to your students at Sunnydale High you're gonna get beheaded
0: she should really make sure she never goes in that locker room
1: yeah stay away from the locker room and don't go into the closet in the science lab where there are (laughs) eggs still hanging out there don't forget so cut to the library and guess who has the dummy Xander he went and he stole it and he starts banging the dummy's head on the desk just to prove that it's made of of wood and it's not real Buffy says she's gonna go find Morgan and Xander should keep an eye on the dummy Buffy's in the auditorium looking for Morgan she's in the dressing room area there's like it's very empty and dark and the curtain rustles and she's investigating and Snyder comes up behind her and it's like so stalker vibes that i'm getting from him like mm-hmm. more than like angel when he stares at her at the bronze like snyder is creepier totally. and um he basically says she you shouldn't go to places alone and she's like i'm fine <laughs> and then he
0: leaves i like the way buffy basically banishes him like she stands up to him and she's like i'm good i'm just gonna stay here you can go like she dismisses him which is good this is the scene where i wrote down in my notes this episode is so boring because Buffy just keeps skulking around in, like, the stage area and stuff. There's, mm-hmm. there's so many scenes in this episode where it's either a lot of talking, which we're used to for Buffy, or just just a lot of, like, camera work as they, like, explore things. And, and I get the whole Snyder showing up again is supposed to show us how devoted he is to keeping an eye on his favorite antisocial students. But it also feels a little repetitive, a little and that this whole episode just feels a bit slow. And I could deal with that if it weren't for the incredible sexual harassment theme going throughout the episode. But both of those things together, it's why I'm so harsh on this episode.
1: Well, it's also super clear that this episode, the episode before it, and probably some of the ones coming up, they're filler like we're not getting any big series arc developments in any of these episodes
0: yeah that's a good point
1: so far obviously episodes one and two super important uh never kill a boy on the first date that was an important episode and angel so we're almost like half and half for what's important and what could have been cut
0: right which we had that conversation in our intro episode so if people want to kind of go back and hear my thoughts i actually enjoy filler episodes just not this one
1: um (laughs) anyway so so
0: buffy does not find morgan
1: no we're in we go back to the library where willow has found some very very quickly found very interesting information that inanimate objects such as dolls and mannequins that are already mystically possessed of consciousness have acted upon the upon their desire to be human by harvesting organs in the past oh shit
0: no no not yet just wait until what happens next (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah 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 and that's when xander notices that the dummy is no longer in its chair <laughs> and this is actually a really funny scene where xander's up on the table being like oh god it's <laughs> As gone if the dummy is like G- gonna
0: attack him like his legs or something
1: <laughs> yeah and giles and willow are freaking out too and they like run into each other it's a really funny so comedic scene. this
0: is the oh shit moment for me because now it's confirmed the dummy is not just alive the dummy is animate, which I think is different, right? Like, it's not just the dummy can talk. Yeah. The dummy can move of its own accord.
1: Yeah, and it can butcher girls in the locker room. <laughs> so uh, we're back in the dressing room, and oh my god, this show. Buffy trips over Morgan's dead body, and it's missing a brain. Yeah. Uh. She, like, how many murder scenes is this now? Not only in this episode, but just in the series. Ugh, there's another dead student. So something falls on top of her. It's a giant chandelier because, you know, in theater, you got to have a chandelier. And it falls on her. And while she's lying underneath it, the, the dummy, Sid, comes and tries to stab her in the face with a butcher knife. She manages to move out from underneath the chandelier and she pins the dummy down. And then they have the oddest most hilarious conversation where like Sid says okay you win take your heart and brain and move on and Buffy says they would have made really great trophies and you lost and you'll never be human and the dummy says neither will you and then they both go what
0: (laughs) that is pretty funny I agree yeah
1: I like this. I like this exchange because I was I actually rewound it to listen to it again because I was like, what? Because this is remember I said I didn't remember this part (laughs) at all in this episode. So I was so confused. Uh, So I had to go back and rewind it. And then I'm like, wait, what? And then we find out and I found out that Sid is a demon hunter that is was cursed a long time ago. And he's now trapped inside this dummy form. And he thought Buffy was the demon that's harvesting organs.
0: <laughs> I will give the episode this. It's a clever <laughs> twist. It's well executed. You know, I you agree. Anybody who's watching this episode for the first time, you probably thought Sid the the dummy was the bad guy. And yeah, I didn't. I don't like this episode, but I will definitely admit that is a clever twist.
1: Dare I say I enjoyed the twist? I wasn't expecting it. That's for sure. So we learn that the demon has the heart and the brain from morgan so now he could be he's going to be a human for the next seven years it's going to be harder to figure out who he is and my favorite quote of the episode is giles who says it's a welcome change to have someone else explain things for once that was funny yeah <laughs> Give some context and um sid basically his backstory is that he killed six demons and he has to kill one more so that he could be free of that body and uh, free of his dummy form and that's when Giles realizes, oh my God, the talent show, I have to go to the auditorium. And like, did no one find Morgan's body? Did, did Sid and Buffy dispose of it? Like, no Nobody one has found it yet? Well, they never,
0: they never address it in the episode. Morgan's body is just never mentioned again. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I know, so like, what happened to it? Oh.
0: Also in this scene, Sid once again turns on his horniness and he's looking at Buffy in a very, like, lusty fashion, if that's possible, for, for a wooden man. <laughs> for wood. And the, this one word that he says, the way he says it and, like, turns up his eyes, it is burned into my mind. I remembered it going into this episode. I will remember it to my grave. And he just, he's looking at Buffy. He's just like, nubile. And he draws uh. the word out. Honestly, I don't, this might be the episode that taught me that word. Um, I'm not sure I knew what that (laughs) word meant until, you know, because he's like, limber, nubile. And I'm just like, ew, because you are literally objectifying her. And it's so gross.
1: I, I have a lot of questions around around the dummy itself because it's like well if you're in a dummy form why do you have sexual urges
0: right but (laughs) she we need to remember and maybe it's hard for us to remember because she's being played by sarah michelle geller who is very much an adult she's 16 like adults whether they're in dummy form or not should not be commenting on a 16 year old's body and saying things like you look nubile (laughs) That should not be allowed.
1: And Buffy's reaction is just kind of like to smirk at like Xander being like this guy, you know?
0: Yes, that's what I meant earlier about Buffy's not shutting it down. You know, she's willing to call it out, but she's not shutting it down. And I'm not trying to blame Buffy for this, right? Because that's rape culture. And, you know, she could be uncomfortable and not want to talk back to this weird dummy man. But the episode itself, the writers could have found better ways to challenge this instead of playing it off as a joke and the fact that they didn't really upsets me
1: yeah but do you think that was in like back in 1997 do you think that this kind of situation this kind of dialogue was filler for them as in like they're like we'll just put this in because it'll be funny as opposed to understanding the implications well it's part
0: of the whole shtick of the episode right
1: yeah and i think
0: it was common at that time to have a lot of rapier dialogue in tv shows and to play this kind of thing for a joke so i understand that within the context of that period this is not unusual but let's not forget this is a show that from the beginning has billed itself as a feminist show that is going to subvert stereotypes yet here we are episode nine of season one and they decided to play up this huge rape culture stereotype four laughs, and also sexually objectify Mm -hmm. a 16-year-old girl.
1: Yeah, and our hero too, not just any 16-year-old girl. It's Buffy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it is this doll, the the dummy, it is Sid, who suggests that Giles get all the kids in the talent show to do a power circle so that they can see which kid is missing, i.e. that would be the demon. So... As they're at the talent show, Cordelia says that she's worried that everyone is going to stare at her like she's some sort of Buffy. (laughs) And um, this is a weird scene because Giles kind of suggests that she looks at the audience as if they're in their underwear. And Cordelia says, even Mrs. Franklin... And Giles says, perhaps not. I'm like, yo, what did Mrs. Franklin ever do to you right. guys? I don't even know who Mrs. Once Franklin again, is. Once again,
0: more internalized misogyny, more <laughs> jokes about how older women are less attractive.
1: Yeah, it's So like when you when you just watch the, sh- the show in passing, you wouldn't catch this stuff. But yeah. like you and I are deep diving into this. And that's when you're seeing like every all these awful jokes at women's expenses. You're like, come on, Mrs. Franklin's probably awesome. <laughs> Leave her alone. So Buffy and Sid are watching everything happen from on top of the on the catwalk. And um Sid basically says he used to know a slayer in the 30s, and she was some Korean chick, very hot. And ugh. <laughs> ugh. A Korean chick, really? <laughs>
0: yeah. So now we are adding um ugh. I don't know if Orion orientalism is the proper term anymore but you know anti-asian racism i guess is what you would call it these days but Mm. it's that exoticization and fetishization of asian women which steph i'm sure you can talk more about this than i can
1: well i don't even want to because at this point i just kind of want to pass it by i agree i'm just i'm just
0: saying i'm sure you know more about this than i do
1: (laughs) yeah sid you i'm glad this is the only episode that you appear in so buffy figures out That Sid will die when uh, he kills this demon. Good. Because his body is no longer around. And yeah, we as the audience are like, bye, like, see ya. But uh, he mentions that he's okay with this because he's lived a much longer life than most demon hunters like slayers. And this is a little nod to something that we haven't touched upon too much yet in this season about how Buffy as the slayer, she's not immortal. And she lives a very violent life. And we're touching upon here the fact that she might not have a long life.
0: True, but the show does go for seven seasons, stuff, so I'm sure Buffy is fine.
1: I'm sure she's fine, yes. I think she'll make it all the way. I hope so. But it's just interesting that this is the first time that another demon hunter, you know, misogynistic puppet form that he is, mentions that he's had a much longer life than that people that's like
0: true Buffy. this is buffy's first chance to interact mm-hmm. with another demon hunter of some kind it sucks that this is her first interaction with another demon <laughs> hunter but you you are right that there, there is something going on in this scene that has consequence and weight for buffy's character development i'm just having a hard time yeah. appreciating it because of all of the sexism <laughs> layered on top of it
1: yeah, and just the bizarre nature of it being a dummy. Like it's just so weird. And I once again, because I don't remember this episode, i I caught on to this conversation in in being like, Oh my God, he's talking about the possible lifespan of of that Buffy will um, get to have. But also, she's talking to a dummy. <laughs> she's having like an inner like a, a really intense conversation with with a puppet. It's very strange. So Giles is getting that show circle going. I've been in show circles and I've clocked in a lot of hours of Glee in my life, and usually they say like something like "amazing" or like "boo boo boo." Like you do a chant. Oh, that's right? so
0: interesting! I didn't know that about you.
1: <laughs> no, well, I'm am a, a geek, and um, all Giles says is like, "All right, off you go, get ready." <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really anticlimactic thing. But if you're a theater person, you know that like that that circle up is used to be a motivational speech. It's supposed to get you like ready to, to perform. So no one was missing from the circle and Buffy um while she's speaking to Giles they figure that the demon um is probably still one of them. Buffy looks up and Sid is missing and then Giles has to go off and help with the show. This is a weird scene, I don't know what it means, but Giles sees Snyder lurking around backstage. And that's all that's all that is.
0: Okay. So actually I do have a yeah. comment now. I just have to think about how to phrase this properly without spoiling something, because I just remembered something. Um, okay. But we're not going to learn really the significance of this scene until season three. Oh.
1: But I think,
0: I think that's what happened with Morgan's body. And I'm not going to say anything else.
1: Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. So this is really fun. I don't even know. So, OK, I'll tell you great, after great, you are, great but. foreshadow. No, no, I want to be surprised. So Buffy, while she's looking for Sid, she finds Morgan's brain that's just like hanging out on stage. So she goes to the library and she says she's never going to stop washing her hands. <laughs> and um, why did the demon reject the brain? That's the question of the hour. They say Morgan was really smart, uh, but he did take a lot of sick days and it takes a, a small computer hack on willow's end to find his student file where it says that he had brain cancer so he was gonna die anyway and that's why he was having headaches that's why he was having like emotional instability it's like so sad oh my gosh this means that the demon needs a healthy intelligent brain so we know xander's not not it but they (laughs) they worry that it might be willow Mm -hmm. who's the smartest kid in school But then they figure out correctly that it's Giles, because Giles is a very smart man. And where's Giles right now? The auditorium. So we cut to the auditorium and we see that the magician, remember the magician? He was, you know, kind of in this episode. He's getting Giles to help him with his magic trick. And he's like complimenting him on how smart he is. Mm -hmm. And uh, not so smart of Giles.
0: Right. Right. That's what I was going to say, His Giles is not smart enough, apparently, not to lie down and put his head on the line. And can I point out again, Giles didn't do a great job vetting these acts, because why would you let a kid bring an actual guillotine to a talent show?
1: And also, Giles, like, you know that a demon is looking to behead somebody So why did you allow yourself to be tricked into getting strapped into this decapitation chamber? It's clearly the demon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is lazy writing right here, basically.
1: Just to put Giles in danger, even though they just said he is the smartest guy in school. (laughs) And um, also so random, so, so random, is that the demon is the magician. Like, this was, like you said, lazy.
0: Yeah, he's what my dad would call the extraneous character. That's what my dad calls the character in police procedurals where they show up kind of like one third of the way through the episode but they don't really seem to have any reason to be around in the episode they're always the one who did it and my dad is usually right about these things so that's the magician's role in this (laughs) well
1: it may as well have been the tuba player (laughs) like more interesting and again with the head injuries giles everyone goes for the head when it comes to giles so the magician starts Uh, the magician the demon starts chopping the rope and i'm like just untie it dude but he decides to chop it down and that's when buffy tackles him and starts kicking his ass as the rope breaks and it starts to fall xander actually catches it and prevents giles's head from getting cut open and saves his life essentially willow and xander start freeing giles as buffy fights this demon the demon is now in its full body form because it hasn't gotten its brain. And I want to say that his full body form, he looks a lot like the Haunted Mask from Goosebumps if anyone's ever seen that show that's what this demon looks like and then all of a sudden there's sid the dummy he pops up from behind and starts stabbing the demon to death with his butcher knife (laughs)
0: this is hilarious (laughs) yeah it's really funny like there's some puppetry going on here right (laughs) like the choreography of this scene must have been a little bit challenging so it's just like
1: (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah it's really janky looking and um I also just note, where are the other students? Yes. Where are the other talent show students? Good point. Are they perhaps they're in the dressing room stumbling across Morgan's body or getting ready over top of it for all we know? Um, uh, Buffy kicks the the demon onto the head chopper that Giles was just on. Xander lets go of the rope and it decapitates him. And that's when Sid is like. Um, the demon will come back unless you get the heart. Buffy offers to do it for him. He's like, no, it's, I'll do it. (laughs) This part was funny too. The the, the dummy stabs the demon in the heart and then flops forward. (laughs) And I really, cause I've invested now, like, right? Like I've invested 40 minutes into this episode. I'm like, I thought he would get. A death scene. I thought the dummy would get a last word, or like you know, take care, Buffy, you nubile (laughs) like (laughs) teenager, but but he didn't. He just flopped forward like a sad prop, and Buffy picks up Sid, and she looks really sad. And I'm like, did Buffy really bond with the dummy? Like, does she feel? genuine connection with another demon hunter like like you said the first demon hunter that she's met that we that we know of and that's when the curtains open there's a whole audience of people and (laughs) as the curtains open we see like buffy's holding the doll there's a dead demon's body on giles is there um (laughs) it's like a it's a clusterfuck and snyder's in the audience and he's like I don't get it. (laughs) Like, What is it? Like avant-garde?
0: Yeah. So I love the way that this line is delivered where he's like, I don't get it. Then it cuts to the closing credits. And over the closing credits, we hear him add the additional line. What is it? (laughs) Avant-garde? And I I love it when TV shows do that, where they let the final dialogue run into the closing credits like that. I remembered Mm -hmm. this about this episode. And this is what I mean about... The literal end of the episode is the best part. Like, that is one of my most favorite lines in this whole series. Um, Again, because Principal Mm -hmm. Snyder is just... He's so good at this humor, this deadpan humor.
1: Yeah, yeah, And
0: then, Steph, what do we get as a little treat as we watch the credits?
1: We get a a lovely little scene of Buffy, Xander, and Willow doing a dramatic reading of uh, Oedipus. And it's so fucking funny it's so good how good they are at doing bad acting yes
0: that's what i thought <laughs> when i watched the scene
1: like Buffy looks super annoyed could give a shit Xander looks really nervous and Willow is so scared that she runs off the stage <laughs> that's to, my favorite part because
0: <laughs> she she just she just decides to ditch them. she's like screw this I'm out of here and then Xander yeah. and Buffy have to react by closing ranks it's so funny
1: yeah it's so it's so good and giles is watching in the audience and you could tell he's like literally dying of secondhand embarrassment for them um but yeah we don't really get a lot of these cute little treat scenes so that was really nice to see really funny um so this was the dummy episode uh good things and bad things who's your hero
0: okay It's finally happened. Xander. Because he literally saves the day with the rope.
1: God! You and I are exactly on the same page. Like, get out of my head. I wrote here. I cannot believe it. Xander Harris is my hero this episode. And I completely agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, as I pointed out earlier, there are things about Xander from this episode that I don't like. But you can't dispute. He was very helpful in this episode. And aside from not watching the dummy properly, I guess, but, um, <laughs> and it was really just the ending with the rope and stuff where I'm just like, you know, Xander stepped up. He
1: did save Giles. We wouldn't
0: have Giles here if Xander hadn't grabbed that rope in time. So I'm going to say Xander because as much as Buffy was good in this episode, right? Um, I don't think she ever really had the chance to you Know, flex her full Slayer potential in this episode. So we'll give it to Xander this time because we've been hard on him so far in this first season. He deserves a little bit of credit once in a
1: while. Well, there it is. Maybe like the one episode a season, we'll let Xander be the hero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so before we close out, we're recording this episode on the day that we've launched the podcast, which is so exciting. So shout out to Annie on Twitter, who let us know that she Mm -hmm. was listening to Welcome to the Hellmouth, our first recap episode while we were recording. And my friend Claudia messaged me and said that she's listening to the first episode and it's making her want to watch the episodes as we release them. So we may have persuaded (gasps) her to do a rewatch with us.
1: Oh my god! Amazing, you said Claudia! Please rewatch with us and yeah. like, give us your thoughts. And
0: she says she's still listening to episode one as we were recording this, but uh, she she loves my comment about Buffy chirping Giles and says that Buffy is the queen of sass. Her sass gives me life. So, I agree. <laughs>
1: yeah, I agree with her too. So we sometimes we record one episode a week. Sometimes we record two. Today we recorded two uh, episode eight and nine. And yeah, our our podcast launched, and it's just really exciting. And it's so nice to hear people giving us early feedback. We really appreciate you. Cool. Cool. So episode nine, I think we've got, what, three more episodes left of this three season? Three more to go. Let's do it.
0: All right. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you've got some comments, message us on our social media channels.
1: Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Prophecy underscore girls on Twitter.
0: You can also reach out to our email at ProphecyGirls at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca.
1: We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week. Bye.